and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Floris, with myself, Stephen Lisbon. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Southstown Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode 306, and as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week, just one match to review. We're unaccustomed to doing one match podcast, but that is how the fixtures have fallen. And we're going to review the week that has been. So, without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsors. Yeah, we certainly do. They are Carol Langley Floris, who are an established business. They are based in Chingford and specialise in bespoke flowers. Sourced from the finest growers in the world. And they can do anything from a simple thank you to tailored wedding or event packages. And they also offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff, which could give you a huge saving on your wedding and flowering costs. So if you're interested and want more details, you can get in touch with John and their fantastic team. You can call them on the phone on 0208 529 4130 and they are on social media. You can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or you can find John at Essex Biz on Twitter. They are also on Instagram. You can find them at Carol Langley Florist. And you can find the team on Facebook as well at Carol Langley Florist. Absolutely. So, uh, moving on then, a couple of updates from the Supporters Club. Firstly, away day travel. Stevenage is our next game. That's next Saturday, the 21st of January. Coaches are going to be leaving at midday for a three o'clock kickoff. It's only up the road. Uh, £25 adults, 22 concessions, children travelling for £13. And coaches for Tranmere on Saturday, the 28th of January. That's an earlier start. That's half past eight uh, for a three o'clock kickoff. Cost for that one is adults of £42, £39 for concessions, children travelling for just £21. And there is a £3 surcharge for non members, and all children must be travelling with an adult. And remember, those prices do not include your match day ticket. So, uh, you can't go into the supporters club uh, now because there's no matches between now and those uh, matches. So you need to call the travel line on 07507-539-579. Yeah, also supporters club. Another piece of good news uh, is that the Starman Awards are back. So yes, we're very much looking forward to this one. Yes. It's always a great event. This year it will be held on Bank Holiday Monday, 1st of May at the Prince Regent Hotel, so normal venue. If you're interested, please contact LOSC events at all.com to register your interest. That does not guarantee a ticket as they are being given um, to those who were due to attend the last event and had paid their money. And obviously supporters, club members will get priority price at the moment. Still to be agreed, but we expect that to be confirmed shortly and hopefully before the Stevenage game. So if you're interested, give that email address uh, a line that is always a fantastic event that is LOSC events at all.com. I think we've been to the last couple and had a great night. Oh, Obviously, fantastic. it's not happened in the last few years due to obvious reasons, but looking very much forward, hopefully, yeah. to at least a promotion party, yeah. if not a title winning one. The last one was 2019 because uh, 2020 uh, was, was, was lockdown, was the well, first wave right. of the pandemic in 2020. Of course, it April, was April, May. That's when everything went into shutdown. Yes. So that was a great uh, one. Yeah, this is the first one since 2019. Okay. So first one in four years. Very excited. 
for that one. Get booking Tuesday the 2nd off because you're going to need it. Uh, the week that was then, let's catch you up on what's happened in the past seven days. Happy Monday, the 9th of January. We start by wishing a happy 19th birthday to young O Sunny Fish. Yep, and also on Monday, the club announced that Dan and Krumer would remain on loan at Welling for the remainder of the season. As rumours were starting to circulate that a host of championship clubs were monitoring Dan as a hot prospect, and that was including Middlesbrough, obviously. More on Dan and Krumer a bit later on in the podcast, but yeah, like amazing for Dan. Yeah, where's this come from though? We were chatting just before we started recording, it's like, yeah, he's a good player, but I didn't realise he was, I don't know. Five figure, six figure, six kind figure. of, uh, kind of level. Um, yeah. It's not like, you know, he's been setting Welling on fire with that kind of thing. You, you know, you just haven't really heard. He's kind of flown under the radar yeah. a little bit. But good luck to him. Uh, always love to hear uh, people who are going on to bigger and, and and sort of better things. And speaking of which, the club announced <laughs> that chief commercial officer Mike Pink is going to be taking up the role of chief executive officer at Stevenage, our League Two rivals, and that's going to be happening. His last. Day with us is the end of January. He'll be taking the reins up there soon after that. Yeah, we wish Mike, Mike the yeah. best of luck. A very fleeting visit mm. um, from Mike. Very good CV there, so I guess no surprise he goes to a, a high role at another another club. So yeah. 2 Tuesday, the 10th of January. The day started with O's manager, Richie Wedding, being nominated for the League 2 Manager of the Month for December as part of their plug for the award uh, league who said first among Wellington's achievements in East London has been the consistency he has inspired in his table topping side December offered another example eight <coughs> points gained from four unbeaten games and no goals conceded decent the decent. club officially announced that young centre-back Ethan Light had been signed as a future prospect we mentioned this in last week's show as his previous club Burnham FC had announced it uh, ahead of us and Martin Ling had mentioned it in a previous interview, but the club officially announced it. So welcome, officially, Ethan Light. Yeah, absolutely. Hope he has a pr- very prosperous career absolutely. at the Mighty O's. Also on Tuesday, Welling United. I mentioned Welling United far too much already in this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're Welling, not a Welling podcast. No, they announced that the upcoming friendly against the O's, due to be played uh, on the 11th of January, uh, less than 24 hours away as well, had been cancelled due to, quote, unforeseen circumstances, end quote. Yes, <laughs> a certain Romeo Beckham turning out for Brentford B in the London, some London Cup, along with Kyrie Slisby, Kevin's, Kevin's son, who seems to be doing very well there. So, uh, yeah, shame about that, but uh, or maybe it isn't, who knows. Uh, there was one fixture in League Two on Tuesday night. Bradford had the chance to go into fourth place and cut the gap. Uh, to us to 14 points they ended up losing 2-1 at home to Rochdale meaning that we still retained a 17 point gap between ahead of 4th 5th and 6th place in League 2 so thank you Rochdale yeah great result for Rochdale so let's move on into Wednesday the 11th of January and the club announced that Jaden Wareham had been recalled by Chelsea from his loan spell at the O's Jaden tweeted firstly thank you to Leighton Orient for being so welcoming from day one I loved every minute and learnt a lot along the way thanks to everyone at the club and all the fans who supported me. Yeah, it's not a surprise really, is it? He hadn't had the match time and, and to be fair, as it was so limited, it does beg the question as to why was it so limited. I mean, obviously only people that see him train and see all the players train can really properly answer that. But, you know, if you're desperate for goals, why not give throw the lad on and give him a chance? He seemed quite industrious in the couple of games that he did play in the EFL Cup, EFL, EFL Trophy. Trophy. So, probably best for all parties that he goes back and goes on somewhere else. There was a rumour that he's going to 
AFC Wimbledon. We'll see if that transpires by the end of the window. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully not, because these things have a bad habit of coming back to bite you on the bum. You know, I think we all saw that one coming, um, especially with the return of Harry Smith. Like, I think he was going to drop down the pecking order to like fifth choice striker. Mm. It seemed okay. He had a good uh, debut against Sutton, if you remember. I scored two goals in that one. Mm. Not obviously set the club alight. Obviously, like you said, being rumoured, he's going to AFC Wimbledon. We played him in about three weeks. You mm. just know that he might make an appearance off the bench and might do something potentially in that one. We hope, uh, hope he not. doesn't, but you never know with the O's. So moving on into Thursday, the 12th of January, quite a day at the club, but not at Charlton Athletic, who signed former O and former Charlton player Macaulay Bond until the end of the season. I think it's fair to say quite a few O's fans left wondering, where are our signings? So... We spoke about Macabon last week. We I said I would love it to happen, but didn't think it would happen. I think right. Mike said he may be sniffing around Charlton as a former club. Unfortunately, are correct there. Although he's only on loan, he's only signed at Charlton until the end of the season. So hopefully, at the end of the season, we'll be a League One club as well. You never know in football, do you? If he has a very quiet spell at Charlton and they don't take him up on his offer, then he becomes a free agent and we're a League One club. I could potentially see that one happening. Mm. Um, but I mean that's like months away so I guess let's talk about it then but got on as a sub yesterday hit the post and they scored from the rebound and Charlton are actually doing really well now beat mm. Barnsley 2-0 yesterday good result for them I think they new manager Dean Holden's had a good start there so I guess we'll, time will tell with that one yeah absolutely so let's move on then to Friday the 13th of January for those who are superstitious look away unfortunately Richie Wellens did not win Manager of the Month for December as it was announced that Stockport's Dave Challoner had won that award. Yeah, I think the Stockport player won it as well. He did. At the double. So at 1pm, we finally announced our first capture of this transfer window as we had signed Wales under-21 captain, 20-year-old left-sided defender Ed Turns on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion for the remainder of the season. So Ed's already played for the first team against Forest Green in the EFL Trophy in August He's made two appearances for the under-21s in the Football League trophy as well this season. Mr. Bidilajanda, your views on Ed? Yeah, I mean, left-sided player, clearly the replacement we need for Happy. Uh, and I'll obviously give him all the support that, that he needs to settle in here and be the best that he can be. And hopefully it's a fruitful period of his career with us. Um, it's obviously the right replacement that we need or the right reinforcement that we need. Would I have liked a slightly more experienced person to come in? Yes, I would. Um, don't know anything about Ed, how well he's done, what his favourite kind of play and how he likes it. I mean, he yeah. spoke quite well on the club's official interview. But um, yeah, see how he goes. And obviously he did okay yesterday uh, against Barrow. But um, yeah, an interesting one. I, I was kind of thinking and hoping that we'd go for someone a bit more experienced. But then Martin Ling on the ITV um, EFL show had said previously that we'd been looking at a couple of players who were in FA Cup action that had got 15 minutes. Obviously, neither of them had materialised, but they were youngsters as well. So I guess the, the clue was in the was in the uh, in that programme um, that we probably wouldn't be signing a more seasoned mm. professional. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think if this podcast has only taught us one thing, it's to give every player a chance, right? So we've obviously had that where we've signed players and been like, who are they? And I've turned out to be pretty decent I think maybe like you, a little uninspiring. I think we'd heard Richie talk about two championship um, yeah. different centre-backs. So maybe the youngsters. Yeah. A young player from Brighton. Not the most inspiring move, but 
having not seen him play, I can't I can't pass judgment. Maybe a little underwhelming, like you said. I think we've been linked to a few more established defenders, um, but obviously it hasn't paid off or hasn't paid off yet. So so let's see. Obviously, we wish him all the best of luck uh, from yeah. our outlook podcast towers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So to finish the date, National League Southside Hemel Hempstead Town announced they'd signed young O. Uh, midfielder Matt Young on loan for the rest of this season so we wish Matt all the very best and we think he's in the final year of his of his contract so he's probably playing for a contract somewhere I imagine so I think he signed a one year deal in the summer and he's been on loan I think at Wildstone for the first half of the season mm. uh, and obviously going on loan to a National League South side for the second half of the season which probably tells you he's not going to be a late annoying player no. past the summer but we but- wish him the best of Which luck is a shame because, as you mentioned before, again before we started recording, that he was an ever present almost under Kenny Jack, or was a favourite under later days, yeah, under Kenny Jacket. Yeah, so good luck, Matt. And, and he was good, sorry. Yeah, he was in good. your own spell, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's go to Saturday, the 14th of January. Wish a happy 30th birthday to O's media manager, Luke Lambourne. Luke, we hope you had a, a lovely day. It must have been very cold where you were up in the press box uh, yesterday, but we hope. Uh, Apart from those two hours, you had a brilliant day. Absolutely. The youth team was supposed to be in action against Sutton United, but due to the weather conditions, the match was postponed. Yeah, and at 1pm, the club announced that Dan Krumer had been recalled from his loan spell at Welling due to the injury list at the O's. So, obviously, at this point, Richie had alluded in his post-match, or his pre-match interview, that he'd had difficulties. There had been injuries. It's not had been the best week at that point. We didn't know who was out, who was in, and obviously... By those of calling in Kroonah, you pretty much knew he was going to be on the bench for this one when they announced that. But for me, I'm not sure that's the right call, especially looking at the team sheet later where he's got kind of Harry Smith ahead of him, so two is obviously starting. Um, but lots of rumours about him, obviously, like we alluded to earlier, joining a championship club as well. So probably a very exciting time in the life of Dan and Kroonah. Obviously, scores his first men's goal in football, in competitive football, last Saturday for one in. Gets told he's going to stay at Willing, then gets recalled, mm. and now he's been linked with like two fairly big championship clubs. Mm. I think Middlesbrough were like fifth when I last looked, and West Brom were like sixth. So mm. it's Michael. not it's not lower end; it's uh it's top end championship he's been linked with. So guess we'll see what happens this week. Yeah, Michael Carrick's done very well at Middlesbrough since he's gone yeah. in there. So the main event of the day is was AFC Barrow at home, and as always, we run a Twitter poll before the game to find out how you think we're going to get on. And after two hundred and forty-one votes, nine percent thought we'd lose, fifteen percent went for a draw, and an overwhelming seventy-six percent went for the win. So thanks to everyone who took a moment to cast their vote. Yeah, absolutely. So at two p.m., the team was announced with Vigaru in goal with Tom James, Adam Thompson, uh, Ed. Is it is Dan Turns in it? I keep calling him Dan Turns for some reason. Ed Turns <laughs> and Rob Hunt making up the back <laughs> four in the midfield. Idris Elmazuni, Darren Prattley, and George Moncur with Paul Smith, Roy Ossetori, and Charlie Kelman making up the 11 on the bench. We had Sergeant Sweeney, Brown, Clay, Duke McKenna, and Krumer, and Smith. That side, I was just counting to make sure I've not put in too many players. That side saw new loan signing Ed Turns go straight into the starting 11. Jordan Brown dropped to the bench. Charlie Kelman and Ruiz Atiru started, whilst Theo Archibald missed out for an injury, as did Aaron Drynan, with Dan Nkrumah going straight onto the bench following his loan recall, as well as Harry Smith making the uh, match day squad for the first time in a while. Yeah, in a very long while. So for me, I kind of looked at it and I thought defence looks alright, midfield looks alright. I looked at the 
Sotiri and just thought I hope he's playing in the middle because I think we've said it or I've said it numerous times on this podcast when you play him on the left or the right you're not getting the same Sotiri yeah. and he seems to get the best out of him as an impact sub Yeah, I think so not surprised to see Sotiri starting but a bit concerned as to where he'd be playing and I know Richie obviously said Jordan Brown wouldn't be playing in this one or he didn't want to play him but I think Jordan Brown can feel very hard done by not to be starting this one Agree. really yeah. at the expense of Ed. Ed Turns, who's come in like on the Thursday or Friday and gone straight in there. So, yeah, but other than that, strong lineup, few attacking options on the bench actually. You go Smith, um, you know, Harry Smith, a lot to prove, and Krumer obviously had a great loan spot well in. And Duke McKenna, who in the, you know, the little cameos that we've seen of him has, has looked decent. So, look at the bench, you know, actually, is a few little, little impetus moments there. So, instead of playing. Uh, Ruel or Kelman out on the left would you have been more inclined to go with Duke McKenna possibly yeah, if I think you that were the manager yeah I think that might have been a better more, as a more a, natural a better fit. fit or go 4-4-2 and have Duke McKenna on one side of the pitch and have Paul Smith on the other side and place the two up front with um, Kelman, Kelman maybe yeah, but I, I, guess, I guess you might be isolating Paul Smith to a certain extent from his most effective role so mm. yeah um, but you still look outside and go you've still probably got enough within that side to beat Barrow yeah you know, absolutely your first choice midfield three which would have been amazing you've still got Viggs in goal and you know you've still got Hunt and James as your fullbacks or your first choice two fullbacks and Thompson was great previous Saturday and Kelman's been alright so yeah. look at it and go probably not the best line up but enough enough to see it's off strong enough yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's strong enough I'm worried for Theo I hope it's not long term uh, well, it must be serious if we've had to recall Dan and Krumer, uh, considering who we've got available. I think that possibly is more Dryden than Theo, I think. But I, again, I don't know where Wellens thinks the best place for Krumer to... I'm not saying Krumer enough to go, right, is he most effective yeah, to a forward, or is it as a, a winner. Smith or Theo's position? I've got, yeah. literally got no idea. Um, we have Ad Giorgio in our ranks and he's obviously not been anywhere near the squad so I think you can kind of read into that what you will but then he was on loan since last February and signed in the summer so it's the longest trial that you've ever yeah. had um, and then he's signed and he's, not, he's been banished um, which, is, which is a bit odd to me uh, and I ended by noting let's hope Moncur's performance is better as it really needs to be and obviously no Drina neither. Yeah, absolutely. So lots of players missing. Lots of views came in um, when the team was announced. I guess unsurprisingly, El Coado started off by saying, "I can't personally fathom how Brown isn't somewhere in that starting eleven." Ross McCaff said, "Surprised to see Brown dropped, but Richie did say Barrow's attack is a very different threat. Nkrumah emergency recall isn't a great sign. We need more bodies in sooner rather than later." Yeah, good point there from Ross. Gorillas, nineteen eighty-five. So Monker needs to be back to his best. I know Brown. And him are different players, but would have would have El Miz pushed forward and Brown on instead. Welcome back, Harry Smith and Nkrumah. It's a fair point. You could have taken Moncur out because El Miz uh, El Mizuni can play as a as a four or an eight. He can he can push up. Um, so that wouldn't have been a bad option. Phil Vizi one said Richie has really shaken it up again. Don't know the extent of the knocks and heavy legs. So happy to believe in the boss. Yeah. So the match kicked off at a wet, windy. Brisbane Road with the O's looking to pull away at the top of League 2 against surprise playoff contenders Barrow, who started the day in sixth place. Fair play to Barrow. They've you know, done very well this season, considering they looked set to get relegated last season. Mm. Phil Brown, if you remember, yeah. managed to keep them up. And they went for, I think, the Halifax manager, who's done a great job to, uh, with them this done season. So well. fair play to them. But weren't they second when we played them away? Yeah. And then they dropped to 10th not long after that, and then they bounced back up to sixth. So they, they're clearly doing something really? right there. 
Uh, four minutes on the clock, then Lawrence Vigarou collected the ball and set Paul Smith on his way. Farman sliced his clearance as he rushed out. Ruel Sotiriou tried to take it on the half volley as he saw Farman quite a way off his line. Um, but that was taken off his toe. Certainly was. Six minutes in, Lawrence Vigoro had us all gasping in the south stand as a Whitford cross came in and he spilled it. And he's lucky the pitch was boggy because the ball kind of gets stuck behind him. But for a second there, it looked like it was going in. We managed to clear the danger, but a bit of nervousness, I think, in the first 10 minutes. It was really odd. Barrow obviously had a game plan to get in our faces. Uh, literally, you could see it a mile off. Get in the faces, get the ball wired and every opportunity cross the ball into the box and look, and look for their two centre-forwards. A very simple, basic game plan, but if working and yeah. very clear. And like I said, Vigoru spoils the ball, which is what you can't do with Ristic or Vigoru in the south side. You're like... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> um, I find it quite difficult to, to keep um, swallowing this, that teams are coming at us and starting stronger. And I'm sure I said it last week or the week before, and I said that something along the lines of like we have got to start like how other teams are starting with us, getting in their faces, taking our game to them, and just doing the dirty stuff well. And we just don't seem to be doing that. We seem to be sitting back and letting them impose themselves on us. That's never how we 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 won games and we got to the top of League Two by imposing our games first, not letting opponents take their game to us. And it just seems that we haven't got out of this way of playing, and it's a bit of a rut that we need to. Um, extinguish because it can't go on if we're to, to carry on as we if we're to carry on and be promoted out of this league. It's not how you win a league is is allowing teams to come on to you. That's a good point, and I also think, and we discussed this briefly last week, that it's been mentioned a couple of times by Richie and the board that the crowd are quiet. I think that's a direct correspondence of us starting so slowly in games. Yeah, because when we get there, when the team come out, everyone sings super Richie Wellens. It's all Ori 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 the normal songs. But because we're so nervous on the pitch in the first five, ten minutes and it's so slow and we're not the first to impose ourselves, the crowd get nervous, get quiet and it just settles into a quiet zone. So I think that has an impact on us as fans watching it. Mm. But yeah, I can't complain too much because obviously we sit top of the league. But I think that does have a direct impact. I felt that yesterday where yeah. it was fairly loud when I got into the south stand and everyone was quite happy and... Vigoru spills the ball and they put us under pressure and it's windy and it's horrible and as a 20-year-old defender making his debut doesn't look as classy on the ball as a Dan Happy, so to speak, and everyone's a bit nervous about it. Yeah. And it just puts you on ease. And it's it's just, a real chicken and egg situation yeah. is because you know the crowd, the crowd will feel buoyed by what they see on the pitch and what they see on the pitch will be buoyed by what they hear from the crowd. Of course, yeah, yeah. And if one or the other doesn't deliver something, then it's just yeah. everyone's just like, meh. Uh, ten minutes then on the clock, Adam Thompson made a superb tackle on the edge of the box as Barrow had worked a promising opportunity. That was a brilliant tackle. Had yeah. he been one second out, it's a penalty. All that he got it spot on. Yeah. Fantastic, Adam Thompson done really well there. Seventeenth minute in from a corner, Barrow had the ball in the back of the net, but Waters was well offside. The whistle went well before the ball was in the net. But Barrow, mate, Barrow started trying much, much better than us. Much yeah. better game plan, getting the ball up the pitch quicker. We were passing it around, getting a bit of the ball, but it wasn't going forward. And you could already tell that Royal, who had started on the left side and Portsmouth had been moved to the right side with Calvin in the middle, they just weren't getting the ball. And again, I guess it comes back to that argument of your strikers aren't good enough. Well, Kelman wasn't feeding off anything. The ball just was not getting into Kelman, like, at all. Because mm. we just weren't getting it up there quick enough. But, mm. you know. Yeah, and that is endemic. Um... 
for then shortly after we almost got the opening goal of the game as a lovely ball was floated over the top from Darren Prattley into the path of Ruel, who caught it on the volley but Farman managed to push it clear decent Good shot. effort yeah. decent effort good save there by Farman strong hands pushed it away in the 22nd minute Ed Turns who had been in the action a little bit he had a shot over the bar for a corner which was well over and he was booked uh, for a challenge on Gordon it seemed a little harsh that booking actually first okay. one of the game didn't seem particularly malicious um, but the ref pulled out his yellow card straight away but I say Ed certainly in the thick of it they obviously were targeting Ed a little bit he was seeing quite a lot of the ball some of his passes were good some not so some not so good I guess as you would expect yeah. um, but he was doing alright early on Good to hear. Uh, Paul Smith tried his luck on the half-hour mark with a wicked shot at goal. From a good 25 yards out, Farman punched that clear and Barrow eventually managed to clear the danger. Yeah, two minutes later, Dan Prattley won a free kick about 20 to 25 yards out. Tom James uh, took it. Him and Monko were both looking at it and I thought, oh, maybe Monko might have fancy this one. Tom James took it in the end, hit it, Ball was dipping in the wind again. Farm and strong hands punched the ball clear, and the chance was gone. Yeah. Fast forward ten minutes to the forty-second minute. Randomly, not football related, but yeah. Fox ran onto the pitch, uh, ran the hundred meter dash at lightning pace, hurdled over the advertising hoardings, and went out. I heard he crashed into the. I wasn't there, so <laughs> did he crash into the advertising hoardings? It wasn't time? down our end. It was so fast if you, you blink you would have missed it but it obviously caught the crowd's attention yeah. so dirty little fox so parakeets uh, one week fox is the next we've got literally <laughs> it's like living in a wildlife park it's like Noah's Ark on a Brisbane Royal pitch <laughs> <laughs> so the referee awarded one minute of additional time there was a penalty appeal for Barrow for a foul on Tyrell Warren whilst trying to go for a header at the back post all from a corner that wasn't a corner it was really funny I think Hunt let the ball roll out like literally like wasn't under pressure let it roll out and the ref pointed to the corner spot. There was a few things with the ref in that first half where it was questionable decisions that went against us. You could uh, probably tell at the south stand. And the entire ground weren't best pleased. But yeah, penalty appeals there for Barrow. Waved away as the team's written goalless at half-time. Bit of a painful first half, that one. Like, it was just a bit meh. Like, just a bit uninspiring. A bit cold, a bit wet, a bit quiet. Not much going on in the pitch. We didn't look like we were going to score. Not been great formation hadn't really worked we couldn't really get the ball up the pitch they like they were keeping Paul Smith really quiet we looked a bit lost without Theo it's one of those games where you're thinking mm. unless Smith's going to like do a 40 yard into the top bins but you're not quite sure how that's going to how we're going to put the ball in the net can't rely on that you can't expect no. that every week for him to deliver that Peter Foreman too tweeted us at half time he said Wellens's half time message should be simple if you can see the goal then shoot neither keeper has caught the ball cleanly yet Shoot on target and follow up. Yeah, fair play. That's not a bad point. Their kids, Samson, oh, so pitching conditions aren't conductive to good football, but we're still knocking it about. Like it's August, fully respect Wellens' principles, but wouldn't be displeased to see the prodigal giraffe come on and us play a bit more percentage football. It's obviously alluding to Harry Smith there. I hadn't read that before, that's a funny tweet. Well played. <laughs> The attendance was announced at 7,755. We think there was a couple of hundred uh, away fans in that number as well. So fair play to them. That is their one of their longest journeys uh, of the season as well. East End looked packed. It looked absolutely rammed in there. Yeah. South felt really busy. West looked really busy. North Stand, again, gaps are like empty seats in there. I, I guess it's one for Mark and, and the board to have a look at because there must be a number of season tickets who just aren't going to a huge amount of games on the pricing mm. potentially really obvious though when you know 
And you're just seeing all the empty seats yeah. from where it was. So the second half kicked off, no subs for the O's, and this, this half started with a bit more intent than the first. We came out, looked a bit more sharper. He'd obviously said, get the ball to Paul Smith as fast as you can at half-time, because mm. he was getting a lot more involved in it. And in the 49th minute, Paul Smith won a free kick that came to nothing. And in the 50th minute, Tom James tried to catch Farman off his line with a left foot strike, but Farman easily caught the ball. Uh, 53 minutes on the clock now. Another Barrow corner ended up in the goal, but again, this one was ruled out. This time for a foul on Adam Thompson as the referee's whistle went well before the effort went in. Yeah, absolutely. It did 55th minute in. O's penalty shouts were waved away after Charlie Kalman looked to have been brought down in the box after he showed his defender a dummy. Looked like he was brought down, actually. I've seen it before on the highlights. Obviously, we don't get the best angles um, on the highlights or the ITV show. I've seen them given before. Looked a bit harsh for it not to be given there. Seen them given, seen them not given. It's just the inconsistencies of refereeing, isn't it? Yeah. Double sub for the O's next up in the 64th minute. Darren Prattley, George Moncur made way for Jordan Brown and Stephen Duke McKenna. Right subs. When you saw who, who was coming on, you're like, right, Prattley looks knackered. He's been a bit sloppy. Prattley's had an amazing season and he's due a game of sloppiness and tiredness. No qualms there. Moncur... Looked alright. Monker will show you beautiful little touches and stuff, but there's no end product at the moment. He hasn't got an end product. Yeah. Amazing footwork, but obviously gets it, gets an opening, and then drags it back again. And you're like, by the time he drags it back again, the chance the opening is gone. He's got yeah. to play it backwards Momentum. or sideways again. So the right subject flatters to deceive at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, but hopefully he'll come good. Still a still a lot of games to be played there, and he's obviously a big. Big player for us. 65 minutes and a big chance for the O's as Charlie Kalman finally got in behind the Barrow defence. He took it wide of Paul Farman who rushed out of his goal to make a save and after which he needed attention from the bench. I think the ball just smacked him in the face. He was about out of it for about two or three minutes. Good, as it should do for making a save from Charlie Kalman. <laughs> uh, Oren under pressure in the 70th minute as Whitfield's shot was blocked. Yeah, they're still coming at us, Barrow, to be fair. We are having most of the ball, but Barrow was still looking to get the goal. 74th minute, strong defending by Patrick Brow. Saw him beat Paul Smith to the ball inside the Barrow box. Vigoru got it and launched it, and it was a 1-1 race with Paul Smith and his big number six, I think it was. And we've seen Smith win those a lot of times, but Brow done well, stood his ground and managed to get the ball clear. Yeah, fair enough. Another double change for the O's as Craig Clay and Harry Smith came on to replace Charlie Kelman and Idris El Mazzouni in the 75th. Yeah, so they did. 80th minute, another penalty shout was waved away after Royal Satoru turned his man. He went down in the box. Referee didn't give that one. Looks like Royal might have gone down a bit Soft, easily. Yeah. But again, seeing those given in the certain yeah. games. Absolutely. A minute later, Harry Smith went close to opening. The scoring as Ruel put in a fantastic cross into the box from the right-hand side, but his header went just over the bar. That was his moment. Yeah, That was his perfect moment. You'd argue slightly it's not come at the perfect height and he's kind of leaning back a little bit to try and get it. but Jumps too early for it. Jumped too early, headed it too early. If he heads it like a second later, he probably manages like to dink it over Farman, but it didn't really look that close where we were. It looked a bit closer on the telly. Maybe a Harry Smith who's played... 25 league games a season probably might be bread and butter for him like a sharper first, first half of last sharper season. player but yeah. yeah over the bar 87 minute in. substitute Stephen Duke McKenna went down and he was unable to continue so he came off 
and was replaced by Jaden Sweeney. Oh, how's your luck? You get you get an opportunity and, and then you get injured, uh, such as football, I guess. Five minutes of time are added on. Tom James was shown two yellow cards in four minutes. The first one was for a handball and the second one was for a foul. He was then given his marching orders. He's now on seven yellow cards, but that doesn't impact him. Only the, red, only the fact that he was given a red card was uh, because now you go 10 games in 32 matches. So yeah. 10 cards in by game week 32. The second yellow, obviously he's taken one for the team. So like 92nd minute, Dal Gordon is like trying, Dean Gordon is like running away from him almost. He had to bring him down, had to do it. But yeah, second yellow, obviously puts us down to 10 men. I think more importantly, he'll obviously come on to make himself unavailable for next Saturday. At that point, yeah. you were just and like, mate, game. like ref just blow the whistle. Let's just have this one done. Nothing else to talk about. The ref blew the full-time whistle as the depleted O's had to settle for a point, but did equal a club football league record recording eight consecutive home clean sheets. I think that's got, massively gone under the radar. Mm. Uh, yeah, last time it's, it's been achieved was in the 1923-24 season. What amazing. an amazing feat that is. What an amazing feat to, to, to go nearly 100 years, 99 years, holding that record Yeah. To now for it now to just be broken. Unbelievable. Fair play. Yeah, if you can't score, make sure you don't concede. Concede, and then you don't lose the game. That's absolutely right. So, Dave Victor speaks to Richie Wellens after the game, and we are very fortunate enough to be sent that recording. Uh, just under six minutes. Um, Richie, very, very honest as you're here. So this is Richie Wellens in conversation with Dave Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. It's a point, a tough afternoon, and, uh, of course, Tom James will now miss Stevenage. I mean, Tom, Tom James' performance, up lethargic, um, no intensity, give the ball away numerous times, so... You know, if you if you never get out of that, of that lethargic lethargicness, then you know he gets sent off. So um, no problem with that. I think the referee had a good game, but um, we just we wasn't bright enough. We played too slow. We played across the back too slow. With everything that we worked on, we just wasn't crisp enough. We we, we didn't deserve to win the game. We didn't deserve. We, I don't think we give a chance away. So defensive, we was okay. Even though that's the most that I've seen us on the stretch in terms of when out we've had our clean sheets, we've been really really comfortable. Today was a little bit too many last gas things for me. Too too open as a team. Um, so when you don't when you turn up and you don't you've got a lot of platform. Rob Hunt was was our best player. Um, but when you turn up and you've got five or six players underperforming, then a clean sheet and a point you have to take it and, and you move on. One goal conceded in five, but only one goal scored in those five as well. And it's a that's a, it's a worry, you know. And we have got we've we've got excuses in them five games, which I don't like to use. But there has been injuries. You know, yesterday, sorry, was it Thursday we lose Theo? Um, Wednesday we lose Drinnen. So we have, have, we're having to change quite a lot. I mean, you look at the team at, at the end, we're, we're putting Sweeney's left wing and um, it's a bit disjointed, but we dug in, we got a point. Um, yeah, we, we, need, we need more firepower. Not necessarily the, the, the strikers. People always go, you're not scoring any strikers. We don't pass the ball to the right side of people at times we don't get into pockets quick enough we wanted to make their fours jump today and we've never done that because we're in the wrong position so sometimes it's not necessarily the strikers that's not good enough because not getting chances we need to be better at giving so I think we need a striker um, I think now Duke will miss games we don't know what's happening with Theo I'm going to try and get a winger stroke 10 in um, this week um, so yeah, we've. I'm happy with a point because of the performance, but 
you know, the team, the team that finished is a shadow of where we've been this year. You have brought in one player, Ed Turns, making his debut. Yeah, I think at times you've done okay. You looked a little bit nervy, which is understandable for a, for a young boy making his debut and a big game at that. Um, I think he grew into the game. Um, and from here on in, he'll, he'll only get better. He'll grow and he'll, he'll get better. Both sides have penalty shouts. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I can't remember what their penalty shout was for. Um, but I, I think ours was, you know what, if you get them, you probably look... I thought, I thought the referee done OK. So what about those injuries? Uh, too early, as you say, for Duke McKenna and Theo? Yeah, Duke McKenna's too early. Um, Theo gave us a text Thursday night saying he was walking down the stairs and he felt his calf. Um... So didn't train Friday. He's obviously out. We, we don't know how long for yet. Um, Drinan has got a problem, which four, three to four weeks. Um, and then he's one more off the top of me. I can't remember. But obviously, Beckles will be back in two again. So we just need to get through the Stevenage game and then we'll, we'll have bodies in. I'm going to try my best to get... You know, I've kept the power to dry a little bit. Um, but this, this week, we definitely need two. I would like three. So it's a timely return under the circumstances for Harry Smith. He got a warm reception from the faithful. Yeah, and I think he's, he's a reward for his performances last year that the, the crowd take to him. And got, and I've, I've always said he's a, he's a great option to have. I've never wanted to lose him, but <coughs> when when somebody wants to leave the club because he wants regular regular football, then it, it's a really difficult decision for me to make. So we decided that we, it was good enough to go with Kelm and Wareham and, and Drinan, and that proved we... We picked up a, an unbelievable amount of points for the games that we played. Um, and the work rate of them them lads was, was terrific. Harry comes back and gives us an option. He's trained well in the last um, three to four weeks. So, he's another option. So, it could be as many as three before that game to... I hope so. I think we need to... You know, I'm watching a lot of other clubs who are, who are nowhere near as good position as and, and making a lot of signings. There's a lot of activity early on in this window. So, um, I just think when we, you know, we're putting screens on left wing, our options are... Are pretty thin on you know I, I have to admit with with ten minutes ago I wanted to win the game but I had no substitutions so real going going uh, uh, go attack them so we, we need a couple of but I suppose Stevenage uh, dropped points and uh, another defeat for Northampton but this it's a league season you know so that point will, is another point to where we want to get to um sorry um and Stevenage will face tough opponents and Northampton will face... It's a tough league. And what we've got is we've got a group of, of probably four or five. You look at Stockport, you look at Wimbledon, um, you look at Tranmere, you look at, you know, Swindon of China, Charlie Austin. So all that group, you know, will get stronger throughout the season. You look at the signings at Gillingham and, and Colchester are making the money that they're throwing around. So I actually think that them teams now will make team make up points on, on a lot of the teams in... in in and around the playoffs so um, it'll get squashed up in that area I think um, we need to concentrate ourselves and we need we need a little bit more creativity a bit more quality um, didn't think we got the ball to, to Paul Smith enough today who looked lively when he got it um, we turned down crosses in a box we, we, we were just too slow I mean, and again you get you get games like that the pitch at the moment is, is obviously struggling I would imagine there's a lot of pitches around the country that um, some games off so that we've had a lot of water so the ground has done well to get it on but it is not as not as quick as, as what we used to. Thanks, Richie. No problem. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, as always, Dave, for sending that across to us. But uh, if nothing, he's honest. Very and fair, honest. And fair at times. Um, heavily critical, obviously, at the outset of Tom James's performance. But, you know, quite fair on what he's saying about the rest of the squad. And he's right, you know, other clubs are making signings. Yeah. 
Yeah, keeping his powder dry, I think. Um, a bit telling, that, isn't it? Raise my eyebrows uh, a little bit. But look, he says he wants two to three in this week. I think everyone saw the game yesterday. Knows we need more attacking options. Defence is fine taking care of itself. Um, mm. Beckles is almost off the back of his suspension. Yeah. Be interesting um, to see who we sign. He's right about Colchester signing, was it Matt Jay from Exeter? Great signing. Yeah. I, I, would, I would have had Matt Jay at Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even clubs like Ginningham signing Tom Nichol. There's some good, there's some good little players yeah. floating floating around. Some you wouldn't touch with a barge pole, obviously. But some, yeah. but some clubs are making some decent signings. So let's trust in, you know, the transfer committee, if that's what we're still calling them. And we've obviously had numerous board members on here numerous times talk about the uh, transfer committee. But, you know, it's only the 15th of January. We don't play now until the 21st of January. It's six days to get your business done. I imagine tomorrow morning at 5.30 in the morning where they have their meetings or their conference calls, like we know Nigel and Ken like to do early calls, there'll be names flying around and there'll be targets. Hopefully they're going to get their first choices and plays who can make Leighton Orient better. There's no point in signing people for the sake of signing people. They've got to sign players who make Leighton Orient better. But I think, you know, as a starting point, we need like a number 10 slash winger, like someone to create. It's no good signing a great centre forward because the problem has been for the last couple of games, you can't, they're not getting the chances. Apart from Harry Smith's heading over the bar yesterday, there wasn't any conventional chance for like a number nine. And ironically, uh, that was set up by a striker. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, you know, I've, Hopefully, you know, we're getting some good, good players um, of at least League One quality mm. for the Stevenage game. You know, someone who I keep looking at is Jack Marriott. We're told he can leave Peterborough. For me, that's like a no-brainer. Someone who's been at League One club is obviously going to have to come down to League Two. Why not Orient? Someone like that. I think that's a much more realistic target than saying McCauley, but I'll, I'll take him in a heartbeat. And in terms of established playmakers, I'm sure, you know, there's not one I can think of, but... I'm not a football scout. I'm sure Steve Foster has a list of names in championship clubs, League One clubs, of playmakers, wingers, players who could get the Orient crowd off their feet and to get chances for mm. us. So hopefully, you know, they go out to all these football clubs all year, Steve Foster and his coaching, scouting team. They'll have names. Hopefully they get who they want and hopefully get a new new bit of blood injected. Stockport made some great signings. Stevenage have been fairly busy already in this window. Northampton will obviously make signings because they're not doing very well at the moment like I said Colchester Gillingham throwing decent bits of money around so they've got interesting. they've got the checkbook out and done their business early because they want to improve their position as soon as possible we're not in that position but by the same token is you know we've got this rolling list of people that we're constantly watching I don't quite I know I know we've had to shift our priorities now that we've lost two first choice centre backs completely on board with that but surely that doesn't stop us from getting other players in on positions that we clearly need. Obviously, now we don't exactly know how long Theo's out for. Could be two or three weeks, could be a month, could be two months. Uh, you just you just don't know. So, I guess there's a bit of frustration that we haven't done business now that we sit here recording on the fifteenth of January. But by the same token, it's probably good that we've not eaten into the budget because now we've got players that that we might need to replace on loan for a little while. Well, we said I think a telling point there goes. Trian was injured on Wednesday. Well, you give him a post match on Saturday, and all right, it's not all week, but you've had Thursday, Friday, to go right. Who who are our backup strikers? Who we're looking at? What are the names? Could you not have bought another striker in if that was the plan? You've obviously given Warren back to Chelsea. Theo feels his calf go on Thursday after training, but you've still got Friday to start making inquiries. 
as a you know if it's me things don't happen that quick though do they no but they've got they'll have lists of names mm. for every position so you go Theo right Theo Theo phones you on Thursday and goes boss I've done my calf I ain't I'm done for like two or three weeks whatever however long he's out for surely on that Thursday you go right right winger or right forward priority now mm-hmm. who's on our list who's available who's a realistic option for us to start inquiring about which they might be doing now behind closed doors they might be ready to offer I'm sure they have sure yeah. they have but it's hopefully those conversations have already taken place and they all go in tomorrow with the committee or whoever decides Ling and went went and goes right this is our priority these are the two names we want let's go and get them two or three names we want not get to Thursday with nothing announced because mm. as you'll see on our timeline when we go through this week people are already getting jittery about it and you know again we we keep talking about complacency don't we well we're still top still top by five points there's only 20 games of the season left. 15 of head of four, yeah. But at some, at some point... That's going to switch. ...need to reinvigorate the teams. And, you know, one of our negatives of the week is the injury list. You know, the injury list at the moment, Dan Happy, Tom James suspended, Omar Beckle suspended, Theo Archibald out. Aaron Dryan. Aaron Dryan out. Moncur, not 100%. Some big names who aren't 100 like, who are missing. Some big, big names who've had really. a very good season yeah. for us. So, That's right. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So, the league table. League table. Well, we're still top, so it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, Don't absolutely. Worry. Relax. So, that draw and that point means we Come are still down. top of the league. Play 26, 117, drawn six now, lost three, goal difference of 23 and 57 points. Stephen is drew away to Harrogate yesterday, so that gap is still five points. Carlisle won, so the gap to fourth place has been cut to 15 points. They do have a game in hand over us, so they could get it to 12 points, but... A goal difference is so superior. Let's just call it 13 points. Yeah, absolutely right. Your views? Uh, my views on yesterday. Uh, I guess, look, the positive is that it's a point and uh, it's a point closer to us going up. So uh, that's that's the biggest thing that uh, I've taken from yesterday. Fortunately, others around us, as you mentioned, also dropped points. Stevenage uh, drew Northampton loss. So we've had a bit of luck on, on our side there. But, you know, if we'd have won a couple of our last games, we'd be more points clear at the top. It'd be more comfortable. Yep. And I think people would be less jittery. Um, we're still 15 points clear of Carlisle. It's a real concern for a lot of people, m- myself included, that the goals have dried up. Great that we've kept the clean sheets, but we've not been able to, at home, but not been able to capitalise by, by not scoring goals. Um, there's a lot yesterday I, I caught some of the stream a lot of backward, back and sideways passing uh, we looked laboured at times the lack of movement up front meant they had to go back and side because they didn't want to turn over possession and we're not creating enough because of it or we get to a certain point and turn back because for whatever reason it's just it's just baffling. It really is. Thankfully, we're able to keep the clean sheets to compensate for not scoring, so we're not losing games. But this pl- this dip in performance is a massive concern. Is a massive concern. Um, I expected our senior and experienced players to be dominating these games, grabbing the games by the scruff of the neck, dragging us up the pitch. Uh, the Moncurs, the Prattleys. I know Prattleys done well, and I, I hate to dig him out because he has done well. Um, but we've got enough quality, championship arguably quality, or former championship quality. You can't just rely on Paul Smith every game to score a worldie or Theo to score a 30-yard volley once he's controlled it on his thigh and, and have that reverberating around the internet on Sky Sports and everybody else, which is great that he's got the attention, but we can't expect that all the time. You just can't. So people have to step up. I remember Russell Slade said to us when we interviewed him, 
he said, you can afford to have two or three, not at 100%, as long as the other eight or nine were at 100%. But like from yesterday, it was just maybe five or six, just not at it and, and just not doing well enough. A uh, lot of people saying we need a striker. It's this argument again. I genuinely don't think we need a striker. I maintain that we don't need one. We just need to get service and supply to the ones we already have. Maybe it's just the formation and the setup that doesn't doesn't suit. Um, losing Theo, losing Aaron Drinnen, and obviously as we've heard, Tom James is now suspended for a game. Taking into everything into account, I can't can't help but feel it's just, it's a bit of a mini crisis coming up, or that we're in, uh, with all the injuries, suspensions the dip in form, the major positive is we're still top, we're not losing games somehow. This just shows you the, the quality of our league that, that we're in. Um, and just as a final from me, uh, made aware that we had a couple of fans, uh, free fans who came all the way over from uh, Belgrade in Serbia. Um, so welcome to Noah, uh, I hope I pronounced that right, David and Daniel. We hope you enjoyed uh, yesterday's game, although by the sounds of it, it probably wasn't the uh, one that will live long in your memory. But um, you know, good to have you wherever you are internationally. Thanks for listening. Great stuff, great stuff. Well picked up on. Good points there. Mini crisis is a very interesting one. I think that's one for a soundbite tomorrow to get some engagement. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> don't at us. <laughs> um, so for me, I didn't really enjoy this game. It's one of the only games this season I haven't sat back and really enjoyed. But I will say, though, it's important when you don't play well enough to win, you don't lose. And we didn't lose. It could have been much worse. Barrow, good team, clear game plan. They might be around the playoffs come the end of the season. Uh, going forward, though, we just looked lost, like devoid of ideas. It's like you said, Paul Smith can't score worldies every week. Theo Archibald can't do those lobs every week. And the goal just looked like it was never coming. On the positive side, though, Adam Thompson exceptional the guy's not played football for like months he's kept two clean sheets in the 180 minutes of football has been our rock at the back mm. absolutely brilliant well done Adam Thompson Ed turns I think Richie summed up really well looked nervy mm. grew into the game will be alright I'm a bit on the fence about playing him next Saturday in his first men's away game at the top of the table clash against Stevenage we've got some big big old boys who will come up from corners like Roberts Piergiani Sweeney However, I think we're going to have to play him due to Tom James getting sent off. Yeah. I thought uh, Rob Hunt was fantastic. Goes under the radar a lot. Richie said he was our best player yesterday. I'd say he was definitely up there. Really good. Tom James would be gutted, but he'd done what he had to do. Idris and Prattley, I think I said it, slightly off the mark, but their jury game where they were, are going to be yeah. slightly off the mark. Unlike them this season. Monka only got an hour out of him again. I think we've got a few tweets saying he's not done a 90 in ages. But why play him? Why not give Drew McKenna the start yeah. then and rest him and give him half an hour and maybe when the others are tiring that he gets that half an hour where he's prime? Yeah, fair shout. I don't under, like, I'd love for Richie to, to or, or Paul or Matt Howard to explain why this guy who's been ill and seems to be a little bit overweight, if I'm being, if we're being critical. Oh, okay. If, no, uh, right. I'm not the only one that thinks okay. that. Um, that. He looks like he's carrying a bit of timber. Okay. Um, he doesn't look fully fit. He's been ill. He's had his um, wisdom With teeth, feet. and then he was ill over Christmas, and blah 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 blah. Why play the guy? Like, give the maybe he just needs a rest. Yeah. Just give the guy the rest that he needs, so that we're not criticizing him every week for looking lethargic and yeah. not at it. Okay, fair shout there. I thought Harry Smith lifted the crowd. Who would have thought we'd be saying that a couple of weeks ago? Harry Smith lifted the crowd. <laughs> maybe should have done better with his chant. Um, like you, yeah. Lots of talk about signing a number nine. But I agree with you, 
that's not the problem. The problem is getting the chances to be created. Look, a bit of a difficult patch. We've got Super Richie Wellens. We'll be all right. Again, I'm impressed with his post-match interview. Kent's over. We know when Kent Teague is over, business gets done. So come on, Kent. Let's see your business. We'll be all right. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. So those were our views. We had lots and lots of your views. A huge amount of feedback came in yeah. after this match. Thanks to everyone who sends us all their views. We really appreciate them. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The Dorset Viking kicks off this week. Says, creative spark's completely gone. One, in, one goal in five games is worrying. We need to bring some firepower in this week before the next game which is huge good point Boats he says frustrating afternoon cap by City Red Car for uh, Tom we are missing key players but should have enough to win Ed Turns and time looked great the positive is that we have a week to prepare for the Stevenage game which could be a vital one and another clean sheet Brand Rucker SC said two yellows in five minutes from a seasoned player is hard to understand one of the positive notes though is it's good to see Harry Smith back he looks like he's ready to play he did yeah maybe a bit too desperate at times like lunging for balls where you're just like mate just calm down just play do what you normally do don't get too desperate there's a few where you just maybe a bit of match uh, unsharpness and just a bit eager to do things a bit too early like with a header goes up a bit too early for him just, like, just calm down but he'll mm-hmm. be right Freddie Nathan said draw is a fair result Barrow decent side Thompson was immense Brown will have to go to right back at Stevenage which isn't the end of the world lucky results went our way but we need two players this week central midfielder and the striker probably through that yeah Techno Trousers said a very scrappy performance where we were really lacking ideas and creativity in the final third for a team at the top you would expect more more ideas more movement more chances more shots against the patchy keeper. I think that sums it up perfectly. Defensively, very sound, but overall should do better. Yeah, great tweet. Great tweet there. Dan Alton, 2590. This is more than a fair result. Barrow, good side, deserved their point. No real harm done in terms of the promotion race. You're never going to win every week, but we missed Theo badly. And losing James right at the end is massive. Whoever booed Moncur in the Tommy Johnson stand, stay at home. I must confess, I didn't hear any boos uh, yeah. for Moncur, but I think a few people had tweeted... Um, about yeah, that. I do agree about missing Theo badly like yeah. the balance up from take Theo out or Paul Smith out and it just looks so unbalanced Yeah, maybe that's when you have to change formation I also don't agree with booing your own players never Ryan Peanut said keep signing kids and ended up with a team from last season last four games have been dull and boring relying on bits of magic the only positive is is another clean sheet yeah so for underscore Rosie underscore TFB said, said, I think that's an old Twitter handle that's come back I'm not sure I'm very concerned now about not scoring. Seems to be really struggling to create chances, hoping we sign forward soon. The one Adam Conway said, extremely poor and a huge lack of quality. We can't rely on worldies every week. Teams behind are strengthening and we're dragging our heels as per usual. Yeah, on the money there, Free Elliot said, Kelman, Drynan, Smith, all non-league players at best, desperate for a striker. Very yeah. harsh. M8XYL said results at the top went our way so not panicking a forward or creative player must come in this week though nice to see Smith back and a glimpse of what he can offer late on as an impact player early in the season that game would have gone our way reassuring we didn't lose or concede it's a good point I think early in the season we sneaked that one one nil. yeah Yeah. good point Orient Meat Pies and impressed with the defence against a good side full turn settled in and had a good game alongside Thompson Smith looked lost without Archibald in the side taking attention away Going forward, we were pretty clueless without Theo. Satorio gave us nothing, I'm afraid. To your point earlier, though, probably paid not in his best position where you're not going to get the most Not in his best him. position. And I think I think now we've got two really good impact subs. It's Harry Smith and Rell. Well, if you said different, I, 
I'd be cagey about starting both at the moment. Yeah. He's, Richie can only work with what he's got though. Can That's right. Yeah. R. Coral1972 said, one goal in five games is a massive worry. If another striker isn't brought in this week, then questions need to be asked of this so-called committee. Improve the squad for the final push. Don't bring in kids. Listening to the Wellen, listening to Wellens after the game, he's putting on notice. Wants a forward, a winger or number 10, and possibly a third player this week. Let's see if he gets backed by the board. Yep, Casey Adams, LOFC. So Barrow are a good side. Defensively solid. Steven and Northampton are dropping points as well. And it feels like we need another striker. I also don't know what Duke McKenna brings to the team. And as I left today, fan said, how did Thompson get man of the match? It's actually mental how we all see the game. So it's all about different viewpoints, different opinions, though I must say I thought Thompson was quality, so there you go. There you go, absolutely. It does it does um it does make me laugh though how people watch the same thing and take something completely yeah. different from it. But that's that's what it's about. Theo underscore James tweeted and said hashtag frustrating. The weather played a massive factor in the first half. James had a poor game throughout. What does Ruel actually offer the team? And the second half, we looked blunt going forward with little to no idea to get a goal. Disappointed and a missed opportunity. Yeah, good tweet there. John W999 said Newport aside, we've been playing the better teams in the league. Playing okay, not conceding. And I'll take that. If this is our sticky patch, and we'll be fine. The defensive record at home is unreal. Richie J. Bourne said the midfield lacked the creativity <laughs> and, and pace today. Bless you. Uh, Theo, Theo was missed. Thompson deserved man of the match and Barrow deserved the point. Still would say we need a midfielder and a forward very soon, please. Still in full control of the league. Absolutely. Yeah. Five points clear with 20 games left. Might as well make it six clear because of goal difference. We are absolutely in control of our own destiny. Painting yeah. Orient to the win and a draw against such a side isn't a bad return in this season. Tomo's imperious contribution is vital when most of those near to us are also drawing or losing. Yeah, very poor throughout, thought Ed, Orient underscore Ed. Thought Ed turns looked fine, if not spectacular. Thompson solid and Big Smith done okay. However, another poor game from Moncur and we look completely blunt in attack. Must be better. Yeah, I agree with you there. Samuel LOFC 97 says, eight clean sheets in a row at home is pleasing. Thompson is outstanding. Shame to lose James considering we are short, but another opportunity for Sweeney to stake his case. Second half of the season was always going to be tougher than the first and we've still got a nice lead after today's results. Yeah, Stroud Greeno said nil-nil was the right result. We lack quality going forward, but considering our injury issues, to bounce back from the Northampton disappointment four points from two games against decent opposition is a return we should be happy with. Yeah, good way of looking at it there. Record yeah. blew up, so don't think we were too bad, but the game wasn't great. Shame to lose James for next week, but I think we have decent cover in Brown. I do feel like we're not doing enough in midfield at the moment. Tom Davies, E17, said, Even though our midfield three didn't create much, we lost our shape and looked a bit more ragged when they all went off. Defence solid, though, but we missed the out and we need a goal scorer. Ruel never plays as well when he's starting, uh, where, as well starting as he does as an impact sub. Yeah, good point. LDP King says, It's not been good enough for over a month. No goals again, and we are getting slightly desperate, reverting back to players like Smith, Clay and the under-12 loan players. Is when it's being fully backed, as Gosh. overall promotion is very much done, but surely you want to be champions and ready for League One. Interesting point there. Harsh, harsh on the under-12s. Spenno 0-1-1 said, a very even game. Defence did their job well. My only worry is we haven't got the cutting edge and are being neutralised too easily. We need two different options, ASAP, 
because we are in such an unbelievable position. We really don't want to regret not going for it like Hearn did in 13-14. Yeah, interesting. Ian Hutchinson, 0-8. It's quite a boring watch, but another point on the board. Stephen is drawing is a touch. Creating good chances is a worry. It's like we are scared to attack teams. Recruitment of players we bring in is going to be key now to see us over the line. Over to you, Richie and Martin. Billy Carroll, GB, said, Good result given how bad the performance was. One goal in five games is very worrying. Our lack of quality up front has been clear to see for a while now. A prolific goal scorer is desperately needed as well as an attacking midfielder. Apostolos Andre Nine. So once again, some nice passing and ball retention, but no major threats going forward. I'd like to see many more crosses ripped into the box to give the strikers something to feed off because a bit of chaos in the opponent's defence. Playing in front of them is too easy to defend. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73, said, fed up now with waiting for Moncur to get fit, even actually waiting for him to do anything of worth. Also getting a bit concerned by the lack of chances being created and starting to look too predictable. Time to find a plan B to get us going again. Yeah, Les OK, 52. This was like every home game this season, but without a Smith goal to win the game. So much passing sidewards, it takes us ages to mount an attack. We need an attacking midfielder to get us attacking. Someone of the Sean Thornton mould. A point is still a decent outcome, though. Yeah, L. Hangle said, By my calculations, 23 points required from our remaining 20 games for promotion. That's mid-table form. Time to hold our nerve and get get this over the line. Thompson was excellent today. I did see a stat about someone who put the average points needed over the last half a dozen seasons, or a dozen seasons. And it's, it is something in like 80, 82, 83 points, something around that yeah, sort of Yeah, we've given I'm ourselves good. a great opportunity where we can be mid-table I think Forest Green won very good at the back in the last season and still managed to to do it and yeah. win the league so hopefully uh, we can do the same but obviously do it in better style but underscore daddies so I wouldn't put current form down to any individuals but that we have become scared to put the ball in dangerous positions in case we lose precious possession early in the season we took risks and pressed high if we lost the ball I'd rather watch that and lose the more nil-nil was interesting uh, stance there. Yeah, Dave Brew, 47976911, said another point in the bag and another game gone. The team at the end was unrecognisable. We've now got a week to get people back to fitness. Alan Thompson was superb. Ed Turns did okay and Moncur was awful. And if people think that Harry Smith is the answer, then you're sadly wrong. Yeah, John Crabfree said, very poor, no cutting edge, losing patience with Rowan Kelman and Moncur, stealing a living, defence very solid, Thompson, very good. E10 underscore rifle said one goal in five, creating very few chances. Missed Archibald big time, clearly lacking some quality, especially up front. Have 100% faith in Wellens, but uh, feel he's being let down by the LFC process. Yeah, Molly Folly, 2019. So what I love about Richie is the honesty in his post-match interviews. No BS tells it how it is. No excuses, doesn't take prisoners. His analysis of the game is always spot on, good or bad. He is a class, he knows exactly what's what. We are lucky to have him. Conway underscore Nigel said, difficult day today, but let's take the point. One downer though, uh, what the heck is going on with Moncur? Can't finish a game and looks like he's knackered all the time. Yeah, Steve Chapman forced a fair result against a decent Barrow side. Thompson deservedly man in the match, but shout out to Turns who grew into the game. Other results, money went in our favour. On to Stevenage. Yeah, Joe, 992316660. It's a new one for me, so welcome, Joe. Uh, Moncur growing incredibly frustrating week by week, has bags of ability and shows glimpses of being the creator we desperately need, but we just don't do it often or anywhere near enough. Clearly an issue with fitness too, halfway through the year, and he hasn't completed a 90 once. I think a few people may have opposed that. I think saying he has done a 90, I don't 
I don't know, but obviously there's a lot of tweets coming in about George. El Castaneto said, deja vu. How many times have we seen that game this season? Thompson great, but we really struggled to put the ball in the net when Smith or Theo aren't doing it. Luckily, we've got the points cushion, as we seem a bit lacklustre since the November break. Yeah, funny that, isn't it? Um, Chris Coe, 556807999, said, not anywhere near our best, but uh, our best, but a point and another clean sheet of the positives, as was Adam Thompson's imperious performance. Potential long-term injuries to Drinnen and Archibald are a major concern, but if Richie gets three signings uh, he wants, it's still looking good for promotion. Barry Twain kept it short and sweet. Another point closer to the League 2 title. Yeah, Zillachum89, that's a brand new one for me. Welcome to you as well. The red card for Tom James was the only thing the ref got right in the second half. Could have had two penalties and a game to forget for the forwards, but another clean sheet with a player who arrived on Friday is very impressive and that's a really good point it is a really good point and the final word this week goes to Sunshine LFC who said still like that proper cutting edge in the final third Smith not used anywhere near enough that's Paul Smith however we're still in a great position and I'm sure Richie Wellens knows exactly what we need so do you agree with uh, any or disagree you don't have to be agreeable do agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out let us know what you think you can tweet us at or in Outlook or drop us an email or in Outlook at Outlook.com we're also on Instagram you can DM us there we're Orin underscore Outlook underscore podcast or you can find us on Facebook just search Orin Outlook podcast absolutely so moving on into the town and country Harlow prediction league so town and country Harlow state agents hopefully as you know are run by two Orient season ticket holders and fans and along with the podcast have helped dozens of people move home and they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount from their already competitive so if you're thinking of selling your property or just curious to its value, you can save yourself a few hundred quid, keep it in your own family by giving them a call on 01279-88344 or alternatively 07528-471-497 or you can contact the guys on Twitter, they can be found at TNC Harlow and so can Orient Season Ticket Holder and Director Charlie underscore Paul and Town and Country don't just sell houses, they change lives. Yeah, they absolutely do. So, uh, well done to Ben D. Bollard, Julian Cabby03, although you're a standard nil-nil every week, and our sponsor, at Charlie underscore Paul, who all correctly predicted nil-nil, so you get the maximum allocation of three points. That means the top of the prediction league currently stands. That to O's fan, no change at the top on 30 points. David Landau, 17, still on 22 points. LOFC underscore Dan and O's Fan Basing are on 20 points and Ben Whitlock 13 and Wings Mad are just behind on 19 points. So thanks to everyone for your predictions. So let's move on into today's Super Sunday, the 15th of January. The ladies were in Capital Cup action. They were playing Tooting Beck. They lost the game 1 0. So we say unlucky to the ladies. Team. So at 1 hour, 6 minutes, 23 seconds. So that's bad boy up. Yeah, with fancy football as always. James Denman is top of the on Outlook podcast, Fancy Football League. He's on 1,235 points, everybody. He's just ahead of Lewis Fear, who's in second, and he's just 11 points behind. Steve's dropped four places to 204th out of 355 players. Good luck. Yeah, certainly have. So positives and negatives of the week. We've got four positives and four negatives, so we're going to even it out. Want me to do positives? Go for yeah, it. all right. Yeah. Okay, first of all, signed, signed someone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we signed Ed Turns, did all right on Saturday, not too bad, good young prospects. He's in the building. Second positive is we gained a point. Didn't lose the game, gained a point, as a Barry Twin said, another point towards the title. 
Thirdly, clean sheet. I didn't even realise it was eight clean sheets consecutively at home. Amazing stats, team mm-hmm. breaking records. And as lastly, which will always be positive as long as we're there, we are top of the league. So Absolutely. not bad. So negatives, Mr. Levy? Yeah, lack of signings. Obviously, we've spoken about Ed, who's joined us. Welcome. Uh, the injury list is getting bigger, unfortunately. Um, Tom James, obviously, he's got two yellows, and that obviously consequently means he, he misses the next game following his red card. Uh, and obviously, we haven't scored or won the game again, so the lack of goals is a huge concern. Absolutely. So, Town and Country also sponsor our Hero of the Week. We did take this one to Twitter this week, um, but I think we were quite uh, agreed. Unanimous. Unanimous. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week's Town and Country Harlow Hero of the Week is Adam Thompson. So, well done, Adam. Well deserved. Just missed out last week to Jordan Brown, who put a, a great performance, but takes it deservedly this week. So, next week. Only one fixture yeah. for the O's. It's the hottest ticket this side of East London. <laughs> and it's a biggie. We go to Stevenage, who is second in the table. Five points behind us in League 2. They drew one away at Harrogate yesterday. Their last week, they've won three. They've drawn three. They're unbeaten. Obviously beat Villa in the FA Cup yep. last weekend. Hopefully their fourth round cup game might be playing on their minds a little bit. Hope so. The week after. The week after, yeah. We play them. If you go in, have a safe journey. Make loads of noise. All right, let's do this. Team for Stevenage in. Let's see if we have the same because there's a lot of decisions to be made here. I'll do it with my fan. I'll do it with my fan. But I would go with Brown at right back, Hunt at left back, Turns and Thompson. Yeah, I would agree. Midfield. It's going to be Monker, Prattley, El Mazzuni. Yeah. uh, And then you're going to probably have um, Ruel. I I don't see it changing. Ruel, Kelman and Smith. Hopefully, there'll be two or three new players that we can pick from, hopefully. But I'd say at the moment, as it stands, it'll be copy and paste. Yeah, funny. Uh, I think, bar in Brown. I think you're right. I think I'd be tempted at half time against Stevenage if it's nil nil or we're not playing much. Maybe to switch the formation around. Potentially, that, that's not the fun. Uh, yeah. you, you asked me what I think yeah, we'll play. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, what yeah. I would play. Yeah. I, I, what I, would you play? Then? I would go four four two. Okay. Especially against Stevenage. And what who would you have your midfield in? Uh, I would have Idris and Darren Prattley in 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 the two mid mid two. Yeah. Um, I would have Paul Smith on one wing. You can't obviously have Duke McKenna now because he's injured. Yeah. That was my thinking. Monker probably on on the other wing, although he's not a winger. He's not a winger. Um, but then it's a square peg in a round hole, so that doesn't quite work. And uh, you could say the winger we're hopefully signed this week. You you put in. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. But then but then I'd have Ruel and Kelman up top. Yeah, yeah. and Krumer. Or maybe. maybe we have a lopsided midfield like yeah. uh, Russell Slade used to do. And we have four three one two. And we have the three, and then we have um, Moncur playing behind Kelman and and, and Satiru. I don't and Smith to come on I or, or Smith and Satiru. I think it's a difficult question, isn't it? Because obviously they're going to bring players in, um, so maybe it's a a question that we haven't got all the answers to because we don't have all the facilities around us. Let us know who you think will line up next week. It'll be very interesting. Um, about uh, that so if you're going have a very safe journey make loads of noise it'll be very interesting game so before we bow out this one don't forget to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists Carol Angley you can call them on 0208 529 4130 you can get in contact uh, via social media you can find them on Twitter Carol Angley for, or Essex Biz Instagram at Carol Angley Florist and on Facebook at Carol Langley so that is it that really is it thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 306 we have finally made our first signing of this January transfer window as we welcome Ed Turns to E10 and he went straight into the side against Barrow 
But with our injury and suspension list growing and together with our lack of goals, we urgently need reinforcements. So our fingers are crossed that we will see some new blood brought into the club this week. And the games don't get any easier the next week. We face second place Stevenage away. So let's hope Richie Wellens has the signing he needs in time. And this time next week, we're talking about a win for the O's and hopefully being eight points clear at the top of League if 2. If we win next Saturday, it's all rosy. Eight points clear League 2. It'll be a completely different slant on it. So let's hopefully... Uh, have that one happen so if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe give the podcast a 5 star rating we are on 103 reviews on iTunes not had one in ages so if you're listening on iTunes pull your finger out and review us we get a lot more than 103 uh, plays on iTunes you can also rate the show on Spotify we have 64 5 star reviews on Spotify that's lovely but let's see if we can get to 70 by this time next week and if you're listening on SoundCloud Tune in, Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they're uploaded. You can also find the podcast on FanHub and do your team lineup on FanHub. So listening to the podcast has got even easier. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, an orient chum who you think will like the podcast, or if you're making that journey to Stevenage, grab people's phones, get this on via their Bluetooth speakers in their cars, and get it on for your journeys. And don't forget to pass the pod. We are back. 307. 307 episodes in. That's next week. Yeah. Straight after Stevenage, next Sunday night. We'll have all the information, the match review, all the views that you could ever need, and we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, stay, uh, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, keep the faith, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.